As I've already introduced our speaker for today, today our speaker is Mr. Tony Chang, which is really exciting. Woohoo! We are going to be learning from the book of Titus, chapter 2, verse 6 to 8. And I'm going to read that out today. So Titus, chapter 2, verse 6 to 8. And it says, Similarly, encourage the young men to be self-controlled. In everything, set them an example by doing what is good. In your teaching, show integrity, seriousness, and soundness of speech that cannot be condemned, so that those who oppose you may be ashamed because they have nothing bad to say about us. And that's the word of God. Amen. Alrighty. I invite Mr. Tony Chang to come up to share with us. Thanks, Henry. Awesome. Good morning, friends. Um, it's good to be back here again. And honestly, I'm still not used to seeing from this side of the hall. So it's good to see all your faces and maybe just the eyes. If you have a mask on, that's okay. Um, Andrew has asked me to preach today on this passage about um, young men specifically. And I don't know if I have the authority to speak on it, maybe a little bit. Um, also, maybe because Andrew thought he's a little past that age limit, I don't know, but um, yeah, I felt recently in the last few weeks that God has been prompting me to speak to these young men of the church, and there's a fair few of you guys here today, so it's good to see. So I hope today speaks to you as much as it did to me, um, but before we begin, let's pray. Heavenly Father, Lord, um, yeah, we gather today as your people to hear your word, um, and let us, yeah, continue to do so. Um, let us uh, hear your word today, and not mine, Lord, that you would speak to these young men, um, who, yeah, for those who are willing to listen, who are ready to hear, um, may you really um, reveal to them, yeah, how to become young men, young, godly men. So we pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Awesome. Okay, so how many of you have been asked this question before? What do you want to be when you grow up? And I'm sure I've been asked this plenty of times, you know, and maybe you've given answers you're comfortable with. Uh, or maybe you're not actually confident about it. You're still figuring it out, um, and that's okay. Um, it's perfectly fine not to know. But I heard this a lot when I was maybe 15, 16 in high school, when I was thinking about, you know, what subject should I pick? Um, what should I be thinking about in terms of, like, uni open days and all that other stuff? Um, and so I asked my friends this exact same question, too. And some of the answers are quite interesting. You know, we've got doctors, artists, civil engineers, accountants, uh, and then the other things like musicians, sports coaches, nurses, psychologists, the whole lot. But my, uh, myself, I couldn't really answer that question with confidence. Um, to be honest, I've always been somewhat jealous of the fact that my friends were able to say, I want to do this, and I'm going to commit to it. 
like, I want to do doctor, and I'm going to commit to the you know, five, seven years it takes, and I'm going to stick to it. And there's also that one person, that one smarty pants, he says, what I wanted to be, happy. You know, so growing up, I had these frustrations, and maybe you do too. Um, I'm not just speaking specifically to young men, but just us here today. Um, and my thought process was that, you know, what if I didn't like it later down the track? Now, I didn't really want to pick a path because what if it didn't turn out that way I did, that I envisioned it, right? And so I was really frustrated and out of desperation, perhaps, I picked up the Bible to see what it would say. You know, what can you tell me, God? What do you want me to do? Annoyingly, Scripture didn't answer my question, and I never found this one answer that said, you should do this for your career. Um, instead, it actually gave me a set of qualities and characteristics about the followers of Christ. And I really believe that, you know, for us today, we're so used to seeing this question. Um, we need to ask a different one. It's, who are you becoming, right? Not what. Who? And I really believe that today, Paul is really wanting to focus our attention on our character, not so much identity, not your job, not your career, not your education. It's actually on your character. Okay. So let's get to the first one. Similarly, encourage the young men to be self-controlled. And so, you know, we've been going through, going through this series on Titus. We've had older men, older women, younger women, and now young men. But note that it's the word similarly. So it's across the board. It's not just specifically for young men. Right? Self-control is mentioned for everyone. Um, so it has to be important, right? You know, Galatians 5.23, self-control shows up as one of the fruits of the Spirit. So if I, I have to put this in, otherwise Andrew might roast me, I don't know. Um, the Greek word that Paul uses here, self-control, I'm going to butcher the Greek, but it's sophroneo, right? Basically it means to be in a right set of mind, have sober judgment, or in this case, to be self-controlled, right? But like sober judgment, if we say that you're sober, for those of you who don't know, means your bloodstream is alcohol-free. You're not under the influence of alcohol, right? If we say we're under the influence of alcohol, our decision-making skills, especially when you're driving, it's really dangerous because we can't make those you know, split-second decisions. So self-control for us actually looks like our influences, right? What are, what are we um, getting in? What are these outside influences that are coming in? that actually, you know, impact us, right? So if I say that I have low self-control, could mean, you know, in terms of money, I just recklessly spend, I see that, you know, Apple Watch, got to get it. New iPhone, I got to get it, you know. I don't really have a regard for my money, and that's low self-control. Uh, it could mean I act differently around my friends or my peers because, you know, I want to gain approval over them, and not because I want to be friends with them. Right? 
or it could mean that if I have low self-control, I lack a lot of discipline. I don't do things when I, when I should, right? And so really this boils down to temptation, right? If temptation comes, do we act on it without much thought, without much resistance, right? So that's what Paul's saying here. These influences that we have, right? Maybe we should look into them because that tells us about our self-control. Right? So, you know, let's, let's start listing them, right? What are some of the influences that you might have? Right? Uh, I can think of firsthand parents, maybe siblings if you have them, definitely friends, classmates, church, and I dare say for our generation, right, the biggest offender is social media. I'll say it, right? Um, I say this because social media groups all this content together, right? It's from so many different sources. You've got your friends, you've got influencers, you've got all these pages that you follow, whatever it is, right? Every post has an equal chance to show up on your feed. There's this algorithm and, you know, it tailors to what you want to see. Say if I was to go on your phone right now and scroll through the posts, right? What kind of influences would you see, right? Um, and maybe just to ask this out there as well, um, why are you following them, right? Uh, I, I'm not actually going to do that, but like, what are some of the reasons, right? Um, there are friends and family, yeah. You want to stay in touch with them, um, but then for the people that we don't particularly know. I know there's a big um, push, like say they look good, that's why I follow them. She's pretty, that's why I follow them. They're famous, they have a nice voice, they dance well, they're funny, they give us, you know, informative videos. Um, they're a professional in their field. Uh, some of us maybe they own cute fluffy pets and we follow them for that, right? They're aesthetic. Or maybe the last one is that they look like they have their life together, so we follow them, right? And, you know, none of these things are bad. I'm just really questioning that we need to be aware of the things that we're looking at, right? Because um, if we just unconsciously look up to them and we're just always seeing them on our feed, right? then you might have these expectations that, okay, I have to get my life together too. I really need to, you know, start striving here. Um, and it affects us, right? Whether you admit it or not, social media does. And I have to say, okay. Um, I'll do another thing as well. Uh, this is my screen time on my phone. I don't particularly use social media that much, but, you know, there's... You can see there's YouTube on there. This is like the weekend, so I was kind of bored. But I haven't changed my habits just because I'm talking about social media. I'm here to say that our phones have really good well-being features that help you, you know, look into what is actually being, being used on your phone, right? Um, and we need to be aware of this, right? If Paul's talking about self-control and we use our phones on a daily basis, Something to think about, right? Okay. Uh, okay, I don't bring this up because I want to discourage you or call it out in, in a way that intimidates you, right? 
Um, I'm saying this because some of us aren't aware of how much we're affected by it, right? This is reality. And for us to learn self-control, especially for young men, um, we need to learn how to assess ourselves, right? This is just one of the ways. And Paul knows that we can't expect to drift along with the current of you know, what everyone else is doing and just hope that things will work out on its own, right? Encourage the young men to be self-controlled, right? Encourage, because he knows it's hard, so we do need encouragement to learn how to be self-controlled, right? And so for those of you here today, I'm not going to pretend that the moment you walk into church, you'll get self-control or that all these problems will disappear. That's not the case, right? We work through this mess together. And you know, that's what we're starting to see in church, that as messy as we are, we try our best to bear with one another, right? So that's the first point, self-control, you know? Paul wants us to push away this tide of, you know, constant cultural influence. 2,000 years ago, it was the same thing. And that, that, that's what I just want to mention. Right. So one thing that we can learn is that we should respond. It means that we have to look inwardly to ourselves and ask, you know, why do I do this? Is this out of reflex? Am I just reacting? Or can I actually respond and look at these things? Right. Okay. I'll move on. So verse 7. In everything, set them an example by doing what is good. In your teaching, show integrity. Serious. Seriousness, sorry. Okay. So set an example by doing what is good. Okay. Uh, role models are incredibly important, especially for young men too, right? Um, who here has a role model in their life that they look up to? You want to raise your hand if you have one. Just someone you look up to, maybe parents, grandparents, um, close relative. Yep, thanks guys. Um, could be a sibling, church leader, maybe a pastor. Could be a famous person, historic figure. Uh, I actually had book book characters that I looked up to, but you know, role model or perhaps a mentor is actually important because we can learn from their experiences, right? And if they make mistakes, we can actually take their wisdom from the older generation. It's actually um, quite difficult if you don't have a role model because you have no frame of reference, right? You'll just be following perhaps your peers and it's hard to have perspective that's not from yours, right? So here's a quick test if you want to know if a mentor will help, right? Imagine yourself two, three years ago, um, pre-pandemic days, right? This is a comparison for yourself, not, not to somebody, for yourself, right? What were you like? Um, I know when I look at myself, <laughs> I think, oh man, that guy's like naive, he lacks experience, probably not that smart, probably not that socially adept. This is me looking at myself from the past, right? And look at yourself now, today, 2022. You could probably give yourself a lot of advice about you know, all these mistakes that you've made, 
Um, and so by your very own standards, you are much wiser today than you were three years back, right? Now look three years ahead. And I know this is really hard for some. 2025. What advice might you hear from your future self? Right? For those of us, maybe it's pick that subject, talk to that one friend, you know, start reading more, maybe practice more, um, get that help you need. Right? We don't know because obviously that's in the future, but imagine you actually got that advice right now. That's what having a mentor is like, someone who has that future perspective who can look into your life and actually tell you, hey, here's some things I have learned, right? And so Paul's, Paul knows this is important, right? For young men to have examples of older men who show them the way. So integrity and seriousness, right? It's pretty self-explanatory. Uh, the old Pastor James used to say integrity a lot, and I was kind of not really paying attention. But actually, integrity is pretty um, difficult. You know, integrity is about doing the right thing when no one is looking. It's about when you're alone. Or when you have the chance where there's no accountability, will you still carry out what you've been doing? Right? It's a call of faithfulness. It's a sign of character, right? You might not get any immediate reward as well. It actually might be harder to do that. Um, say you you didn't like you didn't do your homework and um, teacher doesn't check them, and then they forget to check. Will you still do it? Um, that actually is integrity, and God sees that too, right? Colossians chapter 3, uh, 20, verse 23, 24. Whatever you do, work at it with all your heart as working for the Lord, not for human masters, since you know that you will receive an inheritance from the Lord as a reward. It is the Lord Christ you are serving, right? Luke 16, 10. Whoever can be trusted with little can also be trusted with much. And whoever is dishonest with little will be dishonest with much. It's the little things. The little things that count and it's consistent. And so the other word, seriousness, right? In other translations, you know, we, we call it dignity. We say respect. Um, that's one of the signs of character that Paul's asking for, right? So if you're sitting there wanting to grow in your faith, wanting to grow in your maturity, and I know some of you do, listen well, right? This is what separates young men from young boys, okay? It's not age, it's not size, it's not strength, it's not knowledge, right? Young men, as Paul says, they're serious. They take ownership of their actions. Right? Well, what does that mean? Well, for me to take ownership, it means that I'm, I'm serious about, you know, in the things that I do. Right? I, it, despite my circumstances, right, I can acknowledge them, but 
these choices that I make, they're my, they're my own, right? I have to own up to them too. And if you can have this one trait, right, of seriousness, that would define you as, as a young man, right? It means you're intentional about your choices. It means you're decisive about your actions. Uh, it means that if you're serious about church, then you're willing to grow in your faith and to love God faithfully, right? And so when we ask these questions, who are you becoming? It's becoming closer to Jesus. Right? We're trying to become more like Jesus. Right. Here's the last one. And I think this is probably the most important, right? Soundness of speech that cannot be condemned so that those who oppose you may be ashamed because they have nothing bad to say about us. All right, what does you know, soundness of speech mean? Like, is it just loud? No, not quite. The qual- it means the qualities and character, right, that we're looking for is more honest. Is what you're saying true? Right? We're not prone to speculation or gossip. And it means that the way we talk, right, that like our speech is filled with grace. Right? We don't trash talk. We don't talk behind other people's backs. We don't use vulgar language. Right? If you look at um, uh, politicians these days and public opinion of them, it's just gone down. It's just plummeted in the last decade or so. Because it turns out we care what people say, if it's true or not, right? And if there's misinformation, we, we call it out for, for these people. And so if people can trust what you say, right? If you have that soundness of speech, what happens? If they try to oppose you, those that who oppose you may be ashamed because they have nothing bad to say about us. I don't know if you feel like the soundness of speech today, because um, what I hear is the loudest voice, the most politically correct, the most popular voice. Um, and really, if you want to grow in this, if you want to grow in your soundness of speech, yeah, I mean, I had to say it right. We need to read the Word of God. <laughs> we need to fill ourselves with the right things, right? Uh, where we learn from, where do we get our information from, uh, even the kind of music that we listen to, we can't expect to learn sound speech unless we dive into the Word of God, right? There is no alternative because the news changes, the information changes, Word of God it's stayed the same all this time. Right, and okay, if, if you find it hard to read the Word of God, look, there's more ways that we can make it engaging, right? Listen to worship music. Lots of these songs are based off scripture. We have a playlist for Reverb that's on Spotify, right? Christian music. Um, if you scroll in your phone a lot and you know that you're going to see all this stuff on your feed, go follow a Christian page or Instagram page, right? Um, here's some for your reference. I don't know if you can see, but like, you know, there's one called Gospel Coalition. Uh, yes, he is, and Good News Feed. Like, these things are just like ways that we can just start filling ourselves with things that aren't so, you know, in your face, right? Just gentle reminders, right? And then there's podcasts, sermons, 
blogs, but these are just ways that get us to read and experience scripture for yourself, right? This is the least you can do, um, but I'm just putting it out there, right? So knowing the Word of God helps us to know God better, right? It sets us firmly against the tide of change that's come, and change has come, right? So for young men, right? Paul is saying, this is what God wants for us, right? He wants to transform us to become more kind-hearted, more quick to listen, slow to speak. It's about the character, right? Now, I know I've been harping on about it, but th- there hasn't been anything here in, in the verse that says about things we should be doing, right? Not specifically, this is about who you are as a person. Who, who can you become, right? And so when the reason why Paul's so adamant about this is because when other people look at us, right, your friends look at us, and if they know you go to church, they'll look at you closer. Um, they'll find that there's nothing bad to say about us. And you may get attacked for your faith. Your beliefs might be on the fire. A church will get flack for its views from just being different to the world. But it won't be about yourself as a person. That's the difference, right? So when we witness to others, to our peers, our classmates, our co-workers, that the work of Christ has redeemed us and transformed us in our broken lives. Right? By nature, we have no self-control. We fall into temptation easily. We're self-seeking. We love pleasure. We love comfort over serving others. Like, it's act, the gospel is very countercultural. And so if there's a difference in the way that we live and speak, the way we love earnestly, People will see that. People will see that young men live differently, you know. And we will win people over by our conduct, right? And I'm starting to see this in church, and it's really encouraging. Um, so that's that's the call, right? As iron sharpens iron, this is what the church is for, right? We're in this community together build each other up, you know, where we can hold each other accountable, where we can pray for one another, we correct each other, we re- rebuke each other. Where else would you find sound speech? Um, honestly, the news? I, I don't know. Right? has to be the Word of God done in the context of community. So I'll wrap it up. Life of a Christian consists of so many little moments, right? Opportunities for grace to be shown, for glory to be revealed, for these nuggets of wisdom to speak into others. Maybe you're starting to see that. I don't know. But what Paul tells us today is that how we can be more like Christ, right? Not what do you want to be? This is what you should do. It's not that. How do we become more like Jesus, right? And in reality, what I found for myself too as a young man is that we need to start making these day-to-day decisions, right? Every single day. 
that these things that we make will fundamentally change us more than the, oh, I'm going to commit to this one job and commit to this one thing. Uh, Jesus said, take up your cross daily. He didn't say, take up this massive cross and take it there and then you'll be done. No, it's daily. And, you know, in this church, there's such a deep need for discipleship, not just for young men, right? Our church, you know, our, we have a great commission, right? Make, make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Well, we need to get to the first two words first, right? Make disciples. I actually think we get bogged down by this whole missional field and you know, go to Cambodia thing. No, a calling is to other people here, right? Look, like, look all around you. We are a community and we need discipleship, right? So young men, I'll ask again, who are you becoming? Will you step up to take the call of a believer? You know, if you're sitting there thinking, okay, I want to be intentional, right? I want a mentor. I want to help out. Or, you know, I need help or something, you know. Come talk to me. Come talk to Pastor Andrew, and I'm sure we can organize something, right? And for the older men, or I should say wiser men, look around you again. Uh, there's an abundant need in this church for young men to learn from you. Are you willing to step up? Are you willing to take up the cords and lead these young men to disciple them? Right? This is the next generation of church. It can just be one person, one guy, and you just catch up once every three months, right? Or just have a chat. And it's as simple as that, right? Just start somewhere. And perhaps you just need a spark, right? That your faith is feeling kind of dim. And I can say that when you see young believers rise up, it will ignite your faith. It will encourage you as you walk with them and guide them, right? And so be available. Um, if you feel like you want to mentor someone but you don't know who, come talk to me or come talk to Andrew and we'll, we'll work something out, right? Because I really do believe that we are seeing the beginnings of revival here at CACB, right? Things are changing. You know, do you want to be a part of it too? I'll end off with this. Um, I'm not just saying this without, like, just pure theory, right? We actu I actually started a men's ministry about four, four weeks ago um, with three other young guys, um, plus one, but he's in Hong Kong right now. And we've only met twice so far. But I can say that these guys are a source of great encouragement to me and a reminder for myself to fan flame of this Christian walk, right? I don't feel like I'm doing that much. These guys, they, they, like, they're hungry, they're intentional, they are willing, right? And it's a privilege for me to actually walk with these guys, to disciple them, to share my own experiences. Um, 
hopefully help. I, I don't know if they do. But we, yeah, we, all we do, we sit down every, like, fortnight. We read the word together. We pray together. And then what we're trying to do now, we keep each other accountable with this space for God to work, right? And I have no doubt there'll be, there'll be growth in you guys. Right. So who are you becoming? Let us become more like Christ every day. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, Lord, you shape us in ways more than we know, more than we could comprehend. The call is there, Lord. The young men to step up in their faith, the older men to lead and, and good example, Lord. Let us see that you are the source of our strength, the source of our wisdom. And that, Lord, the way that Jesus modeled his life is a way that we follow, and that we become closer. Because in that way, we form community with you, we form community with other believers. And that this world would see healing, this world would see restoration, Lord. And this Lord would see a difference in the way that godly young men would seek revival, Lord. So we just ask that you you'd, um, yeah, speak to us as in, in our weeks, um, and we really commit yeah, this church into your hands, Lord. Um, we just pray in Jesus' name. Amen.